Hi, everyone. My name is Shangi, and I am the host of our podcast today. Thank you for tuning in to this podcast titled, So You Don't Want to Be a Doctor. The aim of this series is to shed light on career paths outside of medicine and be a resource to fellow BHSC students. Through this initiative, we hope to pique new interests, help break down the BHSC stereotype, and provide tangible, adv tangible advice to students who are thinking of exploring different post-undergrad pathways like graduate programs, taking a fifth year, entering the workforce, et cetera. So with that said, let me introduce you to our guest today, Samia. Samia is a clinical research coordinator at uh, University Health Network who I've worked with and I you know, really love working with. So thank you so much, Samia, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to have this conversation with me today. Um, could we start off with, um, can you just tell us a bit about yourself? Absolutely. The pleasure's all mine. Thank you so much for inviting me for this talk, Shangi. Um, yeah, I, I'm to start off for where this whole crazy uh, clinical research coordinator position career path started for me. Um, you know, I, I've been in this role for, I would say, about seven years, different various different hospitals within downtown Toronto. Um, so I, I've worked with pretty much all of the, the big names. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's something I love doing. Um, I probably will stick to it uh, for a while before transitioning into something else. Um, and uh, didn't know that I could, I, I would love it as much as I, I, I do, and uh, didn't even know this was a career option for me when I was graduating. So, so this is great. Great. Can you tell us then what your path looked like when you were like in fourth year and um, after you graduated? Yeah, uh, for sure. So it was um, it was very much um, medicine driven because a lot of folks in my family um, are far from that background. Actually, my my sister is a physician in the States. Um, so this is sort of the status quo at home, uh, which led me to choose sciences, although I really enjoyed, um, you know, the, the courses that I took. Um, it wasn't just, but it, it was this sort of unsaid rule in the family um, that kind of persuaded you towards one career path versus the other. Um, because of the, the age gap between uh, my sibling and I and having seen other family members go through this entire journey of, uh, you know, completing medicine and becoming a doctor and practicing and um, both in, in, in the US and Canada, I sort of had a firsthand experience in what that was gonna look like. Um, although I was quite young to understand uh, when I was taking my courses as to if this is something that I want to do. Um, it's only, I think when I reached um, end of third year, beginning fourth year um, of my undergrad uh, degree that I was like, do I really want to do this? Um, and sort of had an epiphany that no, this is, this is not something for me. <laughs> but, um, you know, and then I, I, I realized because of the, the time commitment and the extensive training and education that was involved, um, it was, it, and, and the work-life balance was just not um, something that I wanted to do with my life or it, it fit my personality type. Um, although I did really like um, all of the courses that I took, I loved the, the human interaction. I loved healthcare systems. Like I, 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 was, I knew I wanted to be part of it somehow, um, but not necessarily be, you know, just that one route. And, and I think that's sort of the mistake that a lot of, um, 
you know, young uh, students who are in that field or in that in those majors like biochem um, think that that's the only career option. Um, I also, for the longest time, thought that that was it. Uh, but there are a lot of other things that you can do. Um, and unfortunately, the, the time in which I realized uh, obviously doesn't leave much time for you in terms of, you know, getting your co-ops or getting your um, summer trainings to sort of gear you towards something specific after you graduate. Uh, because like uh, honors biology is a very broad degree. There's a lot you can do afterwards. So uh, when I graduated, I was lost, <laughs> to be very honest. I didn't really know what I was going to do. Um, I had done a thesis uh, with a wet lab um, in my fourth year. So I had some you know, lab tech experience. So I ended up working as a, uh, a laboratory technician with uh, U of T and SickKids for one year and very quickly realized that I did not uh, want to continue doing this for the rest of my life. You know, the, the bench uh, work life was not something that I enjoyed past that one year. Um, and then I got connected with somebody who was working as a clinical research coordinator. Um, and I sort of started exploring that and that's where my journey into clinical research began. And then I never looked back. Great. And um, so can you tell us a bit more about like, what does it look like for you to be a clinical research coordinator in your day to day life? Um, it's super fun. I will say that um, it's really dependent on which team you work for and, and also what kind of um, sort of uh, specialty that you choose. So I have had uh, you know, the honor of working with neurology um, at sick kids. So I've worked with pediatricians, like, you know, like um, I worked with that kind of age group and then I've moved on to oncology, very different sort of um, work. Um, and, uh, and then currently I'm in transfusion medicine. So it, the day-to-day -day life differs depending on which team you're with, which um, sort of age group you're working with, and what kind of um, research focus it is. Out of all the three, I, I would say transfusion medicine is by far the best one um, that I like in terms of what the day-to-day -day looks like. It's very, um, um, it's very different every day. Like, I'm, you're not doing the same task every single day. So currently, like, uh, today I had to consent to patients and that di I didn't know that until I received a couple of messages this morning knowing that we have eligible patients um, and then working at University Health Network it's a um, you know it's a uh, three hospitals under one umbrella so Toronto General, Western and Princess Margaret so you're moving between those locations um, and then just the coordination with the nurses and you know getting everything in order for this study that could be one day um, another day could be just, you know, you're just cleaning up data to send out to um, a sponsor or to a statistician to analyze. Um, the third day could be specimen management where you're just handling patients um, blood samples for for various reasons. Um, so it's a it's a very, um, you know, and some days it's just packed with meetings. <laughs> so it really, it really isn't the same. Like I don't, I get up and it's a new thing that I'm doing um, every day, which I love. So it's not monotonous. Um, and uh, you kind of have the flexibility to do whatever you you sort of want. Um, the, the, that's 
that's sort of in a nutshell what we do. So we take care of um, clinical trials within uh, transfusion medicine. And so any, any projects related to blood bank or uh, blood that we are interested in looking at, that's what we do. We recruit patients um, and then we maintain that study um, and the patient data until we analyze and, and publish. Um, so anything that any regulations or ethical work that comes with that is also sort of under our, our uh, realm of, um, you know, duties and responsibilities that we do uh, take care of every single day. But the day-to-day -day is fun. It's different. It's, uh, uh, you get, I get to be part of um, the, the healthcare team. I interact with nurses and doctors on a, you know, a, on, a, on a very frequent basis. Um, I have explored more hospital wards than my own uh, doctor that I work with. <laughs> Uh, and uh, which is which is great. You get to interact with so many different types of patients and so many different types of healthcare professionals. Um, it's a it's a treat. So I guess you like the like sort of uh, different tasks that you get to do every day and getting to interact with different people and patients. Oh, absolutely. Yes. So it's, it's the fact that I, 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 I think the, the, the front and the foremost uh, thing that I love the most is that I get to be within the healthcare environment. I get to, you're basically doing and, and know everything that a doctor would, um, pardon me with, with a little bit of like, obviously you don't have the exact same knowledge, uh, but you know, you're, you're accessing the, the clinical chart for the patients. You're learning about the disease, you're learning about their medication, you're learning about their um, history and, um, and then you're talking to, to them about it. So you're, you're really in the meat of all of it without having to have too much responsibility like a nurse or a doctor would. So I, I love the fact that I still get to put um, you know, my degree in use, like I understand the medical terminologies, I understand everything we've learned in, um, you know, human anatomy and, and physiology, because it's like, I, I'm able to put the, that knowledge to use. Um, and uh, I, I, it's, it's so awesome to work with the patients, I, I still get to work with the patients that you know, they're they, and I and it's, it's great. I know I'm there for a specific reason for research. Um, but within within that research, there's some type of a disease that's tied. And you end up having a bedside conversation with an, with that patient sometimes for um, half an hour, sometimes 45 minutes, sometimes two to three times a day, depending on if they're still making up their mind, um, or if there's any follow up visits involved. Um, and you kind of build that report with the patient and it's or the family and it's it's very it's it's awesome. So yes, the the, the patient interaction and the healthcare team interaction is, is great. You get to put your, um, you know, degree in use. Um, you still get to learn, um, you know, as much as, as you can about, um, you know, diseases and, and, and studies and what's coming out new. And um, all of these different research focuses really do broaden your knowledge and your, and your thinking. Lots of things to like. Is there anything that you dislike about your job uh the <laughs> the documentation process can be a little daunting and the uh the ethics uh portion of it I, I realize it's important it's a very important part of our our job is to make sure we have you know the ethical approval from all the institutions before we launch any study or or conduct any clinical trials uh, but the 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 document work and the paperwork that comes with that um I, I know it's it means well, but sometimes 
it's 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 quite daunting it takes away from the purpose of what we're actually trying to do um because we're, we're perhaps we're too afraid that we're going to violate some type of uh right or some type of uh you know any actually any any sort of um any any sort of these things that have happened in the past have made us a little bit more hypersensitive to what's going to happen. So sometimes you can end up spending a lot of time on these ethics applications and then amendments. And I, I don't particularly enjoy it. Um, I, I do see it as a as a challenge sometimes because you have to, if your study isn't being approved by the ethics board, you may have to go as far up as the chair um, of the, the research ethics board and sort of present your case. Um, I, I just mark it as a cool experience because then you have to, sort of explain why you think you should still go forward with the particular study when they think it's not, uh, may not be feasible. Um, so that, that, that would be the one part. I wouldn't use the word dislike, but I, I would, you know, on my like list, put it at last <laughs> because <laughs> that, uh, that takes, uh, that takes quite a bit of time. Uh, but it's a fun distraction when you don't, when, you know, when you want to take a break from uh, everything else that you're doing. Do you feel like in this career, like, do you have sort of the work-life balance you'd be looking for or that kind of stability? Absolutely. So you, so you definitely have the work-life balance. Um, and again, it really depends on which team you work with. Um, at SickKids, it was very flexible, um, you know, for me, even at uh, Toronto General in my current position, it's it's very flexible and it goes both ways. If, if your PI is, uh, which is your um, study doctor, if they're being flexible with you, then it only makes sense for you to be um, returning the favor. So, you know, there are times when I do end up working weekends because I want to, not because it's it's mandated. Um, so it, it, it really comes down to the team you work with, but typically a clinical research coordinator has like the office hour timings, nine to five or 10 to six. Um, and uh, in my on oncology position, it was very, um, it was very much like you couldn't come, like you had a, you had an option between nine or five or 10 to six, and there wasn't very much of a leeway um, in, in terms of if you had an appointment or something, like you wanted to come at 11, you and stay until seven or eight, you couldn't do that. Um, so it, it depends on the team, but even if you didn't have that, that's still, you know, your typical 30, 40 hours a week. Um, and that that's just most jobs. Um, so yeah, definitely the work-life balance is there. You're not bringing work home. Um, and you know if, if unless you want to <laughs> um and uh, yeah it's a, it gives you an opportunity your weekends are free and your evenings are free to do whatever you want great um so what was the process like for you moving from being an mlt into these different like research um positions so I was basically really, I was doing some really cool science with the, as, as a lab tech at SickKids. And I wrote, like I worked with four different um, props and we were working with zebrafish and, you know, removing genes and, you know, mutating and figuring out scoliosis. But it was, you know, it was so cool that for like a year, I was like, this is it. This is, this is what I want to do. Um, I realized very quickly that it, well, I guess a year is not quick, but uh, within a year that this was, you know, basic science research takes a very long time until you get to an end result. Um, and as I did more and more of my rotations um, with these profs, I realized that, you know, these research questions had been, you know, 
were being studied for the last seven years. And I was like, whoa, okay. So when does this actually get to the patient? Um, and, you know, that's the part where I was like, okay, I don't really, it's a lot of following a recipe sort of experiments that we did in undergrad. Like it's an like itemized line by line and you're there sometimes for eight hours running an experiment. Um, and it, doing that for seven years before you can even figure something out was, uh, it, it wasn't quick enough for me. So I, I like, I like, um, instant gratification is a, is a is a thing in psychology i am more of that type of personality so when i learned about clinical research uh was actually from uh my somebody in my family mentioned that to me and they're like okay well i like you know because i was like look I, I really don't want to do what you're you know the, the medicine route is there something else that helps me get where I want to go. Like, I still want to interact with patients. I still want to be in the healthcare system and I, uh, without having to do the, the rest of the stuff. And they were like, well, there's clinical research. And that's the first time I heard about clinical research. And then I read up on it and then it was like, well, you need a graduate certification after doing your undergrad to, um, to actually work as a research uh, coordinator. Um, and I, I was quite disheartened after doing my undergrad for four years to say, I have to go again and do more education before I can find a job. So I was very adamant that I'm not going to do that um, because I was still paying my student loans. <laughs> and uh, so I went uh, to one of my props that I was working with at Sick Kids, and I just sort of said, hey, like, this is what I want to do. I'm not sure if you know somebody or um, could connect me with, uh, you know, or, or, or know of anybody that I can connect with that may know more about this. Um, and it turned out that his wife was actually working as a clinical research coordinator just a few few floors down in that building um, and said, I wouldn't mind putting you in touch with her. And I was like, amazing. So um, that's, that's how it, you know, that, that reference led me to a conversation with her. Um, we met for coffee. Um, she sort of explained me what her day was like and, you know, what she did. Um, and uh, her research was way cooler. Like they were flying in uh, rare disease patients from New York on a million dollar pharmaceutical plane. You know, like it was, uh, I was like, I want that, you know, I really want to be part of this. This sounds so cool. Um, so it was, you know, and then basically asked her like, what was the process of getting in? Um, and, you know, she's, she said the same thing, like, you know, you need, um, typically the positions, the way they're posted, you need like a um, master's degree. And if you don't have that, then at least a certification from one of these graduate uh, programs. Um, and I told her I really didn't want to do that. And, um, and she was like, well, I believe you can learn everything we're doing on the job as well. And I was like, well, would you be open for me to volunteer with you? Um, she was, uh, obviously she's just another coordinator there and can't make that decision. So she took that back to, um, the study doctor that she worked with. Um, and, uh, he agreed and said, that's fine. If she's willing to come in to do some volunteer work, to learn on the job, as you call it, that he's happy with that. Um, most people who are working on clinical trials with grant funding would love that. <laughs> so because that's, that's free help that you're getting. Uh, but it was one of the best, you know, positions uh, uh, as well. Like it was a great place to start. Uh, she, the team was amazing. It was a very small team, but it, they were amazing. Um, I worked, I guess, as, uh, as a volunteer for a few months. Um, and then they took me on as a, as a full-time uh, So you, you start off as a research assistant and then 
after having a year experience of research assistant, you move on to clinical research. Um, and I think that is the case, even if you do have, even if you went and got your graduate certification, you're still working um, as, a, as an RA before you move into the, the, the coordinator role. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how I got started. Wow, that's so serendipitous. What a cool story. Um, I, went, I was going to ask, I know a lot of the people that we've worked with do have masters or have done those certificates. Would you suggest for someone who's like my age thinking about going into clinical research to do that or take more of that unconventional path? If you if you are thinking of just doing clinical research, you don't need a graduate degree. Because in the time these folks got graduate degrees, I got my clinical research experience working as a coordinator. So when it comes time to measuring the two, they're basically equivalent. So your experience counts as your, your grad school degree, I would say. Um, although I do caution if you do have a PhD, you might be seen as overqualified or you, know, you might not be getting as much as you should be because you have a PhD. Um, so it, it's, it's, not, it's not required um, if you are just looking to do this role. Um, if you if you are thinking of doing something else later on, like if this is a transition career path for you to do something else, then and if and if that requires a graduate degree, then for sure you you should consider doing that. Um, otherwise, for for this particular role, I would not say that that's needed. Most of the the folks that we work with actually don't regret the fact that they have a grad, graduate degree and they're in this role and they're like why did I do this and uh you know uh, that's sort of like a running joke um in our team um and I guess that brings me to my next question too is you said like you know you're happy right now but do you like what do you think that your future will hold then um it's the thing is that with clinical research coordinator, you, you, you can um, actually just to modify my previous response, if you wanted to move on to a research associate role within a hospital setting. Um, so there's two types of, you know, coordinators. One is on the pharma side um, and one is on the, the, the private sector, which is a hospital side. The hospital side obviously doesn't pay you as much and is very limited in terms of how much you can move up and do. The max you can do after a clinical research coordinator position is research manager. Becoming a research manager, you lose a lot of the patient and the, 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 the healthcare team facing responsibilities. So you're not going down and consenting patients anymore and you're not having that interaction. Although you are getting, you know, your 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 pay grade does increase, um, so that's that's kind of the end goal with research coordinators. Just it's a two step ladder, or perhaps one other one, supervisor and then manager. Um, but you're getting more and more admin uh, work uh, versus less research work. Um, so that's a compromise that if if you if you really enjoy like myself that part of the the the, the job, then it's a it's a hard bargain. Like what do you choose? Um, so, so, so that would be one thing. The other thing you can do is in my role, if, if, um, you know, there was, there is another position called research associate, although it doesn't exist with transfusion medicine that I work with right now, 
it does exist with some other teams within UHN. So cardiology is one of them that I know I have it. So if you have a master's degree and you're willing to write the study protocols and the manuscripts uh, for publishing, then you, you know, that then you do require a graduate degree, which does come with a, a you know, a different uh, pay grade than just a coordinator. And you still continue to have your role as a coordinator uh, in, in addition to writing, scientific writing, uh, where you're still consenting patients and you're doing all of that. So those are sort of the two different paths you can take if you're working at a hospital. So you could do research associate, which would require a grad degree, or you could, um, you know, continue at an undergrad um, degree, and then you can move on to research supervisor or research manager. Um, if you wanted to get out of the, the clinical research coordinator role and a related, I call it a sister, you know, path, career path is going into uh, pharma companies. Um, and that uh, usually comes after you've been a coordinator for a few years and you understand the language um, and the terminologies that are commonly used in this profession. Um, and what you can do is become a, a monitor, a study monitor, or a project manager, or, um, a, you know, a, a, a something to do with the data management in, in a pharma company. Um, those are, um, you know, again, are completely different in, in the sense that you are not running a trial anymore. Like, you know, when you're at the site level at a, as a coordinator, you are the the entire project's life cycle. You're like the the center of it, and you're you're touching every part of it from the from writing the protocol, from initiating the REB application to consenting patients to analyzing data to publishing that data. You're part of that entire you know cycle. With a pharma company, it's more um, defined roles. So if you're a study monitor, you'll have seven clinical trials. Um, that you're doing, uh, that, that you're basically part of uh, from the, um, the sponsor side, that's what they're called. And you will go and check to make sure that your sites, which would be the hospitals, are actually recruiting the patients they need to recruit and they're collecting the data accurately and, um, you know, and, and any, anything in terms of that, that's what the monitor is doing. So they're checking your data, they're checking your study documentations and they're seeing what you're doing. That's the only part of the study they touch where they come and they talk to you. Um, a data manager will only ch only check to see and issue queries that if you entered um, data into an electronic platform and it didn't make any sense, like a, you can have a blood pressure of 20 um, over 40, then they're going to flag that and say, okay, can you check that value or, or design those, um, those forms online. Uh, so again, a very defined role. Um, and same with project manager, you're a very defined role in a project manager. This many sites will, will work on this clinical trial and that's what they will do. Um, so it's no patient contact, absolutely um, no help. You're not within a healthcare um, environment. It's, 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 it's more business um, and you're, it's, a, it's going to be an office or a desk job. With the monitor, they could still come to the hospital, but, they, but again, they're, they're sitting in a desk and checking your files. They're not going anywhere else in the hospital. So that's sort of the trade-off, but that is typically the path that a coordinator does take after a few years of working um, on a, in a site uh, is they will move on to the, to the pharma companies and choose one of these or many others that I, I haven't named here roles and transition into that um, if they didn't want to stick to um, a hospital setting.
I didn't know about all of those roles. Thank you for laying all of that out. So I guess for you, it sounds like you like the patient contact. So would you stay in your role then? I, yeah, that's kind of been the, the, the decision that I've been sitting on for some time. And I, I really, yeah, the, the reason I chose clinical research was it was a great um, sort of, um, it, it married the two things that I really liked. Like I, I love science and I, and I, I love the, the healthcare patient aspect of it. And it allowed me to have both. Unfortunately, um, it doesn't, um, it, it, the compensation isn't what you should be. <laughs> so uh, that's the part where it makes you think. And, and also the fact that, you know, if you want to, like, I, I definitely don't want to just do admin work either. I, I wish there was a, 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 you know, a third role that married the two with, um, you know, with, with, a, with a better pay grade but that's that that I think that's the deciding factor is what you like to do if I really wanted to um, switch right now I, I, I definitely have the experience and the option to do that like I I've been reached out but I at this point I really really enjoy working with um, the transfusion medicine team actually I should call them quest um, there's a research group out of uh, U of T um, and yeah I, I for now I'm quite content um, and I, I might stick around for some time but I, but I, I do I do know that that's not that's not my final destination that I probably will move on at some point uh, but right now I, I'm definitely not ready to all right makes sense. Um, to shift gears a little bit, um, can I ask, you know, us making this podcast being fourth years, what would your biggest advice be for you know, people in my position in fourth year trying to figure out what to do moving forward? I, I Honestly, the biggest advice that I would give is if you are, you know, not pursuing medicine um, or even actually even if you are pursuing medicine is to know that having an honors, you know, BSc is a very broad degree. And I wish somebody told me that. It isn't, it isn't like, you know, engineering or computer science or, or finance where you graduate and, you know, you'll have like a six months to a one, one year to find a job and you will, um, and then you're good to go. It, you know, it's a very, it's, it's a more focused in that sense. Whereas, you know, you have a, a BSc, you can do so many things with that and you should know what it is that you want to do. Um, like my, myself, I did, you know, an, a lab tech role and then a clinical research role I know there are other people who are doing various different kinds of role. They went back to school and now they're, you know, radiologists or they're technicians or sonographers or, or you know, MLTs actually, like the, the blood bank MLT is a different level of lab tech within the hospital. And you have to go through, an, uh, you know, another form of training for that. I, I didn't know that in order to choose a specific role after this, you know, general degree, you had to go through more sort of schooling and training, whether it was a form of a certification or it was an actual proper course, um, then you were able to find like a job. So that's that's the one the one thing that I wish I knew. The second was that I didn't take advantage of my co-op positions and my summer internships. Um, which I'm glad you're doing, Shangi. Um, <laughs> so you're doing that right. <laughs> so you know, it's uh, that 
that's something that most um, students sort of look over when you get to third year and fourth year, like, okay, well, I'm not doing the, I'm not doing medicine or I'm not doing, you know, whatever else you had in mind, nursing. Um, I'm just going to, let me just finish and then figure out. I was very much of like the, when I realized at the end of third year, this is not what I was going to do. I was like, okay, well, I have a year, let me finish, get my credits in, and then I'll see what it is that I need to do definitely wouldn't do that if I went back. Um, you know, even if you have to take a semester off and, you know, volunteer and work and figure out what it is that you want to do, I, I, I would probably favor that because there's a lot of students that I have met that were sort of in the same boat as me after we graduated that you didn't really know what you wanted to do you didn't really know where you wanted to apply um and when you when you open all of these job portals and you look for and you're searching you're like what am i searching for and you know i remember putting in bachelors of science and like so much stuff comes up for that <laughs> and you're like what do i want to do because it's not only finding the job it's also what you're what you like at the end of the day um and sometimes it's trial and error sometimes you have to you have to do one type of job to realize okay I don't like it or I do like it so um, those are those are the two things and I think summer summer internships or co-op positions really do shed a, a big light on that and and will help you understand because you can choose various different roles and decide what it is that you like because I I had a friend who was in science with me and she chose the co-op route and ended up choosing um, the st stats part of science and is working for um, the uh, the military right now. And it's like, that's, it's crazy because it's a completely different thing than we both were like medicine when we started first year. And now we had both have completely different careers at the end of it. So those, those would be the two things. Just know that it's a, it's a very, it's a, it's a very general broad degree in terms of that you, when you graduate, it's not like you can say, I have a biology degree and someone's, you'll be able to find a specific employment opportunity with that. Um, and the second thing is to then know what it is, what is the specific thing you want to do. Yeah. And we get this, Bachelor of Health Sciences degree, and then people say, "What are health sciences?" It, yeah, exactly. No, it's it's so true because all these universities have their own sort of um, major type, like the way they define these majors. They are called health sciences or bios, you know, comps. Uh, sorry, med sciences and life sciences, and there's just so many words. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, at the end of the day, you're you're doing sciences, and what are you going to do with that? Uh, if it, and and you know what, it's it's a I also have a lot of uh, friends, colleagues, and family who pursued medicine and didn't want to look at uh, even uh, even have an option of a plan B because sometimes it's time consuming. Like maybe you get in in your third or fourth try, and then in in the meantime, you could be developing a different skill. Like I said, it involves like you know you're talking to a patient. To, you could that that's going to count as your bedside um, interaction with the patient. So it's 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 a very good thing to have. Um, in terms of um, promoting clinical research. But yeah, <laughs> that's a, it, it's good to figure out what it is that you want to do for sure early on if you can. And a lot, a lot of people are not going to understand your the, the, the broad degree um, like you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for that advice. Is there anything else you would wanna add or any final thoughts? I would just say, don't be afraid of uh, trial and error. Like I, like I, you know, trial and error in a sense that you, some things you might be on the fence about, like there might be people who are listening and, you know, 
they really like bench work um, and really like the basic science work at the molecular level. Um, you know, that, but, but you're like, oh, wait, I don't know, because molecular genetics is one of the hardest programs to, to, to get in, apparently. Um, and, uh, you, you know, I, I would really say try, just don't, don't think you won't like something, just try um, through these internships or volunteer works um, and, you know, and, and see, and, and that's an experiment with it because you might like an aspect of the job. You might not like the whole thing, which will help you discover something else and keep the conversation going and keep talking to your friends and families and, and you know, or, or even people at work or your guidance counselors to see, you know, what, what are other options, research your, your career path. And, but it really comes down to what it is that you like to do, you know, um, and, and then pursue that for sure. Thank you so much. Um, you know, thank you for sharing all of that experience and expertise um, and things that even I had no idea about. Um, I think that brings us to the end of this week's podcast. Uh, so thanks again so much, Samia. And, oh, you're um, very welcome. The pleasure of online, Shangi. Thank. I, I really hope you know somebody's able to get um, something out of it and is able to make a more of a um, you know concrete decision. I, I know it is a very it's a very different uh, time and mindset in your life when you're you know it's exciting too because you're about to graduate um, and I, I imagine uh, you know you're anxious too because you don't know what you're going to do. Um, but whatever you choose, it's going to work out. Uh, just stick to your plan and uh, yeah, don't be afraid to try. Oh, thank you. Awesome. Thanks so much, Shanky. Thanks for joining us today and a huge shout out to our guest speakers for sharing their story as well as the fourth year council interviewers who made this possible. If you enjoyed this episode, stay tuned for more in this series coming out every Friday of the week for the remainder of winter 2022. Until next time, stay safe and take care.